0: D is today coming from a slightly noisy cafe, uh, but hopefully we'll be able to be heard over the taps and noises going on in the background. I wanted just to start uh, picking up on a theme of the past week, which was a lot on what uh, a commentary being made by McPhailty on, on uh, the current state of journalism and that uh, perhaps uh, it didn't spend so much time uh, investigating Sinn Féin to the same level that uh, the DUP is scrutinized, on, and, and more broadly, nationalism, and it is given a slightly easier uh, hand than, uh, perhaps, unionism, unionism is overall. Um, so I just wanted to, to start uh, by suggesting that we could see that, perhaps, in uh, topics around Finucane at the moment. Uh, one is uh, the Pat Finucane Centre, and one, of course, today, uh, we've been listening to stories about uh, the Lord Mayor of Belfast. Yep.
1: Yeah, well, um, Pat Finucane Centre has come under a certain amount of scrutiny over the past week because uh, of the involvement of one of its directors, uh, Paul, O'Connell with the, Paul O'Connor, rather with the with the, the IRA. He was a member of the IRA. Um, now this doesn't particularly come as a surprise and I'm, I'm sure to, to either of the us it was something that was clearly obvious about the Pat the Centre that it wasn't um, a sort of impartial uh, human rights organisation but it's interesting David that nobody had previously asked the question. Well I
0: think that's the most striking point for me in the past week that uh, Paul Connor came out and said um, I'd be, well it's certainly been reported that he has said he would have been happy to tell anybody if they'd asked and I guess the question is in 20, 30 years why did nobody actually ask the question which does tend back to uh, how we started this in that, mm. that people don't investigate uh, Republican nationalism to the same extent that, for example, the story of, 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 of a photograph of D. Stitt uh, and the First Minister at a... At a uh, investment um, yeah. ch- uh, group that was uh, in East Belfast. So, you know, that's a, that is just a, a, a point that I think most unionists do feel is is a, is a re- very real issue. At this point. Well, that,
1: that's absolutely right, and it's something that um, that Mick described as peace process journalism. Now, I don't think he came up with that phrase, but uh, he, he was right to use it. Um, this idea has become kind of embedded in our media that if they uh, dig too deeply into the doings of, of uh, Republicans in Sinn Fein, in particular, that they will uncover things that could, uh, could derail embarrass the process or, or embarrass Republicanism. But you would think that after so many years, uh, so many years um, between the Good Friday Agreement and now, we've be past that point, and it's a damning indictment of the process that we aren't. I, I think the, the the point for me is that people just don't ask questions, and
0: and that uh, I think we've seen that in a in a, in a number of of uh, areas, and not just here. You know, we, we often just think these are issues here at home, um, but you know, we've seen in terms of the. The uh, Jeremy Corbyn anti-Semitism you know, People are, are are using the term anti semit rather freely. I'm not. I'm not very comfortable labelling an individual like that um, without particularly knowing the person uh, 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 properly. Um, but what I would say is that certainly as a leader, he's allowed um, the Labour Party to at least project. Towards the Jewish community that they don't really matter, and, and if I was a leader, I would be worried about that. And uh, I think uh, those that say, "You, know, he, this is," you know, Jeremy Corbyn has always condemned this sort of thing. I think more people would be saying, "Yeah," but what has he actually done mm. uh, in that regard as leader of the party? They it, just seem to be very slow and sluggish and disinterested.
1: Yeah, but and and that's the substantive point. It's easy enough to you know, focus on the word anti-semitism and kind of look for gotchas um, to point out, to say here's a here's an instance of it, here's an instance of it, but it's a more kind of systemic thing that the that the Labour Party would want to be looking into. Um, and the media has alluded to that to an extent, and it's it, it, it more effective in scrutinizing that than the media here would be in, in, in scrutinizing Sinn Féin. But, um, the, the kind of uh, the, the the search for certain buzzwords and anti-Semitism, racism, or whatever, can sometimes obscure that the uh, deeper treatment. I I, I
0: just think there's this broader sense in in, the, in public discourse at the moment that uh, too much effort is is spent closing down deb- debate rather than opening up discourse. Uh, you know, it, you see so often. Uh, terms, racist, Islamophobe, homophobe, uh, anti-Semite, you know, there's a whole list of words these days uh, that simply are projected at individuals uh, really just to shut them up or to uh, be a rallying call for everybody else to pile in without actually saying, yeah, but what do you think and how do you, you in know, actually challenging the ideas with ideas, uh, and you seem to be very much narrowing the discourse in that regard to the point where we have Two groups shouting at each other, but nobody actually listening to yeah. them.
1: well, I, I don't want to say the left started it, but the <laughs> left, the left started it, David. And I mean that this the, the anti-Semitism thing is a rare instance of the tables being turned, um, because it, it is it is particularly the left and uh, the kind of the, the liberal left in particular that um, has this urge to label something as an ism and, and to, to search out that ism and then kind of close down debate on on the back of it it's not a healthy thing for open discussion it, it's not a healthy thing for interrogating arguments properly
0: yeah and, um, and you wrote this this past week you wrote a, a piece about russia but well, completely out of northern mm-hmm. ireland's uh,
1: uh, remit and i do that occasionally do David, that, yeah.
0: get out of it <laughs> uh, but the 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 interesting point Uh, in in the Russia piece was that you were sort of saying that 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 is also an example where people the left is shouting Russia as a a great being Uh, aren't the Tories nasty in you know know, the Russians are trying to interfere with democracy Uh, the Tories are in their pocket whatever and yet when Russians were literally killing people in the streets um, condemnation from Mr. Corbyn and the left was noticeably absent in that regard other than saying we need to wait and see and hear all the facts, there was a reluctance to actually uh, call out uh, yeah. uh, murder well, basically at that point.
1: It, it's again, it's a, it's a kind of an irony in a way but um, the point again is that um, Russia is kind of this bogeyman that's attached to, to people or things you don't like and, and, and used to attack them I and mean, so there's a kind of a, a stereotyping of... of um, russians in particular it doesn't matter we, we, we can uh, we can abhor some of the things that the state in russia has done um without kind of smearing everybody who has dealings with russia or russians if you took another state and mentioned its people um in the same way that russians are routinely uh, mentioned you would be accused of, of racism i mean i i, I mentioned uh a story in the Sunday Times where the Conservative Party were attacked for taking donations from dubious Russians. Now, what makes a Russian Jews? dubious was not was not explained, but uh, it it's an extraordinary way to refer to. Yes, this a, person. A, a, a you, whole, this person. But I think if your nationality of people.
0: Well, yeah. I think also if, if if this person knows that person, it doesn't necessarily mean
1: that they're joining yeah. the hip or. And I mean, we've seen that. That's that's one of the more extraordinary um, things that I've noticed in in uh, debate recently, and and we've we've had it uh, particularly in the Brexit debate, where, where people instead of a. Uh, instead of an argument, produce one of these graphs with the uh, lines connecting, you know, oh, a of multitude people. of people, and that's produced as damning evidence of whatever. Of, I of mean, conspiracy. Where have we got that? This is the kind of thing that was once the preserve of conspiracy nuts. But yeah, it's entered, you know, mainstream well,
0: I discourse. It, I think it comes back to that: asking questions, and, and you know that that. T- People are too ready to accept
1: conspiracy
0: rather than look at the facts behind the story. Um, and, and that struck me last week. It was a, uh, an article on Slugger O'Toole from one of their regular uh, commentators, uh, data which who looks at numbers, and he was looking at NHS numbers last week. Um, and one of the things I noticed immediately in the graphs was that between, nine, uh, between 2014 and 15, there seemed to be an absolute... Um, spike you know that, that just has continued uh, and that seems to be a period of time around which something happened within the management systems or the the, the, the way uh, the NHS in Northern Ireland functions uh, because otherwise there's little to explain why the grant suddenly shot up at that time and has continued to do so ever since. I yeah I didn't hear a single journalist pick up on that point rather just Mm. everybody complaining about how How awful NHS lists have gotten and how dreadful it is and and depending on who you listen to either we need our own politicians back in charge despite the fact that they were fully in charge in 24-2015 in in my book uh, and clearly that's when things started to go wrong long before RHI Mm. long before anything else when everything was meant to be working so well um, or uh, or that um, uh, there should be direct rule Minister brought in immediately to, to sort out the waiting lists um, which I think was basically happened between 2002-2007 yeah. when, when waiting lists started to go down under direct rule when stromont was suspended at that time was one of yeah. the benefits of Stormont's suspension the, the, the ability to ask questions just seems not to be there
1: yeah I mean that 's a, a perfect example of a good starting point for an investigation, and everybody knows the symptoms of um, of, of the NHS struggling the long waiting lists and everything else but to actually dig down underneath that and find what what 's the systemic failure that is causing this on a regular basis rather and that also might get you a, a more lasting answer than. Let's just, in the short term, throw a bit more money at
0: this. Yeah, and again, it, it comes back in terms of the John Jonathan story of this past couple of days on him being caught short in the street, which <laughs> really, at, at, at many levels, isn't that important. And you know, I know the Sinn Féin have kind of suggested that it, uh, it's no coincidence this story has suddenly broken today. But you know, if if we want to go into the conspiracy, you know, match th- their conspiracies theory, then you'd almost say there's no um, coincidence that. The story is because Sinn Féin probably put it out themselves to distract from the stories at the weekend about um, about yeah. their own lack of internal democracy and the fact that Sinn Féin overall seems to be completely lacking in direction at the is present a, time.
1: Is it a particularly sort of suspicious smelling dead cat, I, d- well, I d- you don't know. know. Yeah, d- You have to wonder why uh, John Finucane being taken short is worth more column inches and uh, more front pages in the Northern Ireland media in many ways than um, you know, the, the, the Sinn Féin's links to the army council, mm-hmm. it, its role for example in the take-up of RHI which has kind uh, of been glossed over in the whole coverage but, of that scandal. But, but
0: also from the, from um, the story around uh, the vote for the deputy leader of Sinn Féin last week because you was know, everybody ultimately focused on the, the actual numbers, the actual outcome of the of the vote in terms of numbers and proportions, it's especially two thirds, one third. If we're back in the conspiracy theories, hmm. that wasn't really where the story that lay. The story lay in what is the nature of dissent within Sinn Féin that a third of their their uh, delegates were prepared to vote against the the deputy leader as appointed. What about the lack of internal debate in that that seemed to be completely closed down and again we can only based on what we know of the uh, internal structurings of that of the Republican movement uh, by by figures outside of the leadership itself uh, or, or the, the, the public leadership if you know, or the
1: public facing leadership? Well I suppose it was an extraordinary sort of demonstration of dissent in such a Centralised organisation and an organisation that's um, uh, me- message. At other times, it is so disciplined. It demonstrates as clearly as you as, as you would like to to see it that um, although Sinn Féin takes part in the democratic process in terms of elections and everything else, it's it's not a democratic party in any kind of normal sense of the word. From the outside, it's. Difficult to see in, and that can't surely be right for a, for a party that's presenting itself to the public. Uh, in the
0: no, and, and you know, again. In uh, I, th- I think one of the oddest comments I heard over the uh, over the Chintan was that a journalist on, on radio they actually were at the Ardash and yet uh, and talked about uh, you know the the alternative agenda of, of John O'Dowd, but yet uh, failed or didn't seem to prepared or wasn't able to actually tell us what that agenda might be and I think this comes back to all of this asking questions and digging a bit deeper. We know journalism is struggling uh, in terms mm. of resources. particularly in terms of, of well resources aren't, don't ever seem to be too short at the BBC. But we know that in, in local media, particularly local print media, we've got a, a bunch of very fine journalists often working, trying kind to of producing an awful lot of words um, to, to, to fill pages and, and we don't want to sort of say they're not doing their job because they're doing the job mm-hmm. as best they can. Um, but you would sometimes just like to see a few more questions asked and some dots joined up that actually make facts rather than some sort yeah. of weird conspiracies.
1: Absolutely, and particularly in the print media, people are stretched, and they're writing their own stories, and they're then having to sub-edit them and have layout and, and everything else. I mean, it, it's um, it, it's not a good position from what it was a few years ago. But I mean, there is still some investigative journalism going on in, in, in some places. Some of it good, incidentally, and and some of it really quite loaded and one-sided. But it would be nice if somebody. Um, you know what was lifting up all of the stones rather than just some of them are, are lifting up a more <laughs> balanced selection of stones if that makes any sense. They,
0: they say we're too buried in, our, in, in, the, in the green and the orange. Well maybe it's for a lot of journalism to go yeah. and look at. The, the story of the NHS, uh, there was mm. a story this week on wind farms where, which I think uh, in fact I'm pretty sure. There's a much bigger story lurking in there, maybe as big as Orange
1: The the wind farm issue, the, the, the renewables issue, was alluded to in, in Sam McBride's uh, yeah. latest, latest book, Burned. Um, but uh, yes, I, I think that's that's one that we're actually probably will see play out. And, Front pages of our newspapers in weeks to come. I
0: have to say, just in closing, that uh, we haven't really talked about the elections as such, but they've been very quiet.
1: It's th- there's very little to talk about in a sense. There's a lot going on in another sense. Um, nothing. Nothing is is going on. It's such a difficult election to to read or or. To call because it's uh, if the, there's just so many sort of different moving parts, uh, at the same time, it, it, it's a difficult, difficult com- uh, concept uh, to analyze.
0: Opinion polls we might as well just ignore until yeah. the, until the you,
1: result comes out. The, the, the kind of interesting thing is that whereas the posters were sort of bitten the last time, they're being extremely. Cagey on, on this yeah, occasion, I suppose those two things are probably related. But from their perspective, it seems to be almost impossible to to read. Yeah, I
0: think I think it's worth looking at Lord Ashcroft's polls that came out this week. Uh, mm-hmm. He did an article on he, he on his website, uh, Lord Ashcroft polls.com, I think it is. Uh, he did a uh, piece looking at 15 years of polling. I feel that this has been 15 years to get to where we are now in terms of our political uh, uh, discussion. Um, and I thought one of the, some of the interesting things were, you know, the, 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 he looked at uh, past an past election where there was a, a, an obvious left-right uh, exchange in terms of uh, diversity and uh, personal security, financial security, uh, and that showed one type of spread uh, of constituencies. But if you looked at the Brexit, it it showed a completely different spread of constituencies against the same axes. So we're in an election where it's left, right, Brexit, everything is muddled up very, very difficult to call where ultimately everything's going to fall.
1: Yes, and initially we seemed to be, we were expecting a kind of a Lib Dem surge and and the Lib Dems to to bite into Labour's vote quite seriously and also the the, the kind of Conservative Remain vote that doesn't seem to be transpiring and actually... Um, they ever seem to be making a bit of a comeback and getting back into that uh, Lib Dem folks, so, who knows? It's we'll know on the 13th, I guess?
0: Yes. Um, maybe catch up the week after, before Christmas, and just look yeah. at the year and, and what on earth is going to happen next. Great. Alright, cheers now.